Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through to 29. Galatians 3, 26 to 29. And it says there, for you are all children of God. I love that this aligns with the, the songs that Patrick chose this morning. I am no longer a slave to fear because I am a child of God. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism, see the imagery of this water, is the imagery of baptism that Cheryl shared us uh, during worship this morning. This is the image of baptism. You know, these guys didn't know what I was going to preach about in the message this morning. <clears throat> Excuse my throat, it's a bit funny this morning, isn't it? Maybe it's because I haven't had a coffee. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his ears, ears, hairs, ears. That's not this one. Uh, it's the person who inherits stuff. Um, and God's promises to Abraham, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. We've been talking uh, a bit about unity um, and, and our, uni our union with Christ. Thanks, Nikki. Um, and that, that has been sort of a theme for probably the last month in terms of talking about this idea that, that we are not individuals, we're not separated from God. We're connected intimately with Him. There's no way that uh, Scripture, or there, there is no way, uh, there's no way that you can determine when God starts and when you finish if you read Scripture. That's that idea of being baptised, of being your, your spirit being fused with God's spirit. He comes in and, and you become one with Him. That's, a, that's an amazing, miraculous thing. Like I, I don't, even, I'm not even sure I get my head around how that is even possible, but that's what God says happens, and by faith we believe that that's true. You know, one of the things that was uh, prophetically declared this morning by um, by Andrea in worship was sometimes we can be held by fear and worry and anxiety, we can be imprisoned by those things, but that's not what God is. God is not worried. God is not afraid. God is not anxious. Are you with me? He's not worried about what's going on in the world. He's not anxious about it. He's not afraid of what the future holds because he's been there. He knows the beginning from the end, right? And he's good and his plan will come to pass. And so when you are imprisoned, when you are trapped with fear, that is when you deny the reality of the fact that as a follower of Jesus, I'm unified with the one who doesn't worry, who doesn't have anxiety, and he doesn't have fear. So when I allow myself to be imprisoned by those things, and I, yes, I get that it's complicated, and yes, I get it's hard, and yes, I get that some of us need to work through a process of rewiring our brain to change the way we think, to agree with the truth, but I just want to declare over us this morning, the truth is fear, worry, and anxiety do not have a never-ending hold over your life. 
In fact, I break the power of that right now in Jesus' name. Because the truth is, you as a follower of Jesus are in union with Christ and He is not worried. He is not worried. He is not anxious. He is not afraid. And one of the challenges for us in life is to, is to live from that truth, not from the truth that the world tells us. When you open your phone and you look at stuff or the, the news on the TV, everything that that is projecting at you is worry, anxiety and fear. And you can choose. You can choose to partner with that or you can choose to, to partner with the Spirit of God who is in you, who is not worried, who is not afraid, who is not anxious. We have to choose because you have been united with Christ. You are in union with the creator of the universe. Greater is he that is in you than anything the world can throw at you. Greater is the Spirit of God in you than anything that you're going to face this afternoon, tomorrow, next week, Christmas, holidays. Doesn't matter what might come. Greater is he that is in you than that. And for all of us, and, and I think, you know, when we talk about union and we talk about unity, the only way that we will experience the truth of that, that it was already true that we are in unity together because we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you and He's living in me. It's not a different Spirit, it's the same Spirit. And we are unified because of that Spirit in us. I love the fact that this passage here talks about the fact that all the things that this world says should divide us no longer count when you are unified with Christ. So arguments and debates about race don't apply if you're a follower of Jesus. Ethnicity, arguments, debates, doesn't count when you're in Christ. Slave or free, what you do for a job and how you live your life does not count as a measure of success or importance in Christ. We are all equal in Christ. We are unified in Christ. Gender doesn't count in Christ. Yet the church will argue about gender till the cows come home. Doesn't count in Christ. Why are we worried about it? I'm probably stepping on some sacred cows for people. Why does it matter if a woman stands up here and teaches? The Spirit of God is in her. As much as, it's in, as, as, as He's in me. What does it matter? We get tied up with these little things and we forget the fact that the most important thing is that I am unified with Christ and I'm unified with my brothers and sisters because of the Holy Spirit in me. Race, ethnicity, what I do for a job, 
how successful I am, how wealthy I am or how poor I am, whatever my gender doesn't matter. What matters is that we are unified through Christ who is in us and we are in Him. Now, no, I'm not even going to go there. I don't want to get political. I'll just tell you what the Scripture says. You now belong to Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, you now belong to Christ. He is in you and you are in Him. And we are all one. If I read that same passage in... um, In the Passion Translation, it says this, you have all become true true children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Faith immersed you into Christ and now you are covered and clothed with his life. And we no longer see each other in our former state, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we're all one through our union with Christ Jesus. I love that. You and I are equal. Before God and in Christ, we are equal. We may have different roles and we may have different functions in the body of Christ, but that does not make one person more superior to another. We honour the gifts, we honour the character, we honour the people that we're in, in union with, but that never makes one superior to the other or over someone else because we are one in Christ. Unity is birthed out of the understanding that the same Christ who we worship lives in all of us. Just go to Ephesians chapter 2 with me. Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll finish with this passage. Well, actually, I'll finish reading this passage and then a few thoughts. Just so you don't get confused, I'm not saying I'm going to finish now. There's a few more thoughts. Um, Ephesians 2. Sorry, it's one of the things I find quite humorous when I watch other preachers and they say, oh, I'm about to finish half an hour later. So I just won't put myself in that position, so I'll laugh at myself later. Anyway, Ephesians 2, and I'm going to read this out of, um, out of some version. I can't even remember what version is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Ephesians 2, the Passion Translation. Verse 11. So don't forget that you were not born as Jews. So this is Paul. He's writing to the Ephesians. Now, the Ephesians as a church were what were called Gentiles, okay, or non-Jews, okay? So he's, he's writing to them. And he says, so don't forget that you were not born as Jews and were uncircumcised. Circumcision itself is just a work of man's hands. That in itself, trust me, Paul saying that, if he was saying that to a Jewish audience, he would have probably got himself in trouble. Because if you read the Old Testament, it says that circumcision was something that God commanded. And yet Paul says it's just a work of man's hands. We won't even go to an argument about that. Um, Moving swiftly along. uh, You had none of the Jewish covenants and laws. You were foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. 
You were without the covenants and the prophetic promises of the Messiah, the promised hope. And just to to top it all off, you were without God. Verse 13, yet look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought, brought delightfully close to Him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ. Our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separates us and has now made us equal through our union in Christ. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of His precious body on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by His command. His triune essence, so that's the Trinity, the three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. His triune essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity, Jews and non-Jews fused together in Himself. Two have now become one, and we live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ. Through His crucifixion, hatred died. For the Messiah has come to preach this sweet message of peace to you, the ones who are distant and to those who are near. And now because we're united to Christ, we have both, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. It's such an awesome, awesome vision and idea that Paul had was God is creating a new humanity. A new humanity where race, where ethnicity, where gender, where wealth, where any category that our world might separate us into does not apply anymore. It's been removed through Christ's death and resurrection. That we are one in Christ, that there's nothing that separates us anymore from who He has created us to be. I was at a... um, so I just want to address an issue around culture for a second, cultures and ethnicities. We are, we are super blessed in this, in this church to have a number of multi-ethnicities and cultures here. The largest one is uh, outside of European is probably Filipino in our church. One of the things I just want to say really clearly is European culture is not superior to Filipino culture. European culture is not superior to Maori culture. European culture is not superior to Asian culture, to Chinese culture. Pick any culture in the world. It's not superior to South African culture, to um, African cultures to Pacifica cultures. European is not superior to anything in Christ. Yet often as believers, you know, one of the things that is is one of our biggest challenges is sometimes, particularly I want to speak this as as a European Pākehā, I can say this, 
one of the challenges we face often is when you go into environments where your culture is not, is not the dominant culture. You realize how much you are used to your culture being dominant or superior or amplified above others. And, and it's very, very uncomfortable. It's one of the reasons why I love getting into developing world con- countries and other cultures that are different to mine because it challenges every part of my mindset that says that my way is the only way or even at worst case scenario, the best way. See, in Christ, no culture is superior to another one. Paul makes this distinction between Jew and non-Jew and he's speaking into an environment where in those days the Jews very much believed that they were the superior race because Jesus had come as a Jew and had represented and God had given them the gospel, the good news, the law. And they were the superior culture. And Paul comes in and he goes, I'm a Jew and I'm saying, and in Christ, that is a lie. And I was in, a, um, this week I was in a Tetiriti uh, workshop. Interestingly, if you don't know what Tetiriti is, it's, a, it's the Māori word for the treaty or the treaty of Waitangi. And one of the things that I was really inspired by was just a thought in this moment was the presenter said, you know, when, when the two peoples signed this treaty, both the Māori and the European side, the British side, when they signed it, they both had a vision of a new humanity where two people became one under that treaty. Where they saw something in the future that was better, what, better than what they currently had. That's why they agreed to it. And I thought, in my head, that sort of rattled my brain a little bit. And then I thought, actually... There were followers of Jesus that wrote that treaty. And I can imagine Henry Williams, as he's writing it, was going, God, how do you want this to be? And we can argue about whatever words, but I wonder whether sometimes politics takes over some things that God places into the inheritance of a country that are about our destiny and what God wants us to be. See, I actually think that New Zealand is a nation for the nations because, and that's prophetically declared, because we will walk into an ability where all cultures come together as one under Christ. And I wonder whether that treaty was a prophetic declaration of what God was saying about this nation. In the same way that Paul writes, the two have now become one, that treaty declared that over New Zealand. In which case it becomes something, if that is true, and I personally believe it is, then the treaty becomes something that joins us and brings us together, doesn't divide us. Oh, it's gone really quiet in the room now.
Because under Christ and in Christ, no, no race is superior to another. Just because you prefer your culture doesn't make it better. In the same way, if you prefer tea over coffee, doesn't make tea better. See, that's way better right now. I just got you back. Yeah, I got you back, didn't I, eh? See, I believe that kingdom culture, the culture of the kingdom of God, is where every culture and every ethnicity is valued. Is valued because each one represents an aspect of the nature and the character of God and all of the variety and diversity that that brings. And for me, when you read Revelation and you see what the kingdom of God looks like and it always declares that there will be people from every nation, every tribe, every language will be represented in the kingdom of God. That means every ethnicity, every language, every nation and every people group is valued in the kingdom. But it is not superior. One is not superior of the other. We are all one in Christ. And you know, when I read the story of Revelation, and this is the thing for me, if we want to live in unity as God has called us to do, the unity in Revelation is first expressed and understood through praise and worship of the Creator. It's not through us struggling and, tri- tr- and, and striving to create unity amongst cultures. It's by recognizing who is our Lord and our Savior and our King and coming under Him. And when we do that, when we praise and worship Him, out of us flows unity together. Because it becomes not about me, it becomes about Him and what He wants to outwork through me to us together. Amen. One new race of humanity. When we are in union with Christ, when we are worshiping him and we have him in his rightful place, that creates unity with each other and an expression of the kingdom of God that this world is crying out for. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your your presence. I thank you for what you've done in our hearts. I thank you that you have done something that we don't understand fully. But Lord, we say yes to because it's absolutely amazing. Where you have chosen to take up residence in our hearts. Where you have brought us into union with Christ. And Jesus, we thank you that you're the one who has reconciled all, that you are our peace. You are the one that has broken down the walls that separate. And God, you've brought us together through your Holy Spirit in us. So God, I declare for each person in this room, I declare that we would be free 
of our past, the things that have limited us, the things that have held us. And God, I declare that we walk into freedom that is relationship with Jesus. God, for each of us, may we come to a fresh understanding of who it is that resides in us. And Lord, we'll walk out of that and walk in that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.